The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open today to Psalm 24, we'll look at the second section of this psalm together, verses 7 through 10, giving a brief review. And then to close out today's broadcast, we want to give you some notes that Pastor James Jones, who formerly preached the Truth to Live By radio broadcast, gave me in my studies on the 24th Psalm here recently. First, a word of prayer. And then we'll read verses 7 through 10 together. Father, we come now in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for one more time to look into your word and consider your great glory and your soon coming and your royal return to rule in righteousness upon the earth. Give us grace to preach. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Psalm 24, verse number 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. We are considering this psalm in its millennial significance, that it is a psalm looking forward beyond David's circumstances to when the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory, will enter the gates of the city and be crowned as King of kings and Lord of lords. Last time we spoke about the first six verses where we saw a call to reverence the Lord, a great declaration, verses 1 and 2, concerning the power and position of the Lord over the whole of the earth and how there is to be praise in God's presence if 
we are to reverence Him. Verses 3 through 6, we hear a great invitation. Those who would stand before the Lord must have a purity if they would be in God's presence and reverence Him. Humility of heart, honesty of heart, but first holiness of heart, clean hands, a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Only such requirements can and have been met by Christ, and therefore we can only meet them in Christ. And this is the generation of those who seek after the Lord, who are seeking and desiring His rule upon the earth. And that is verse number 6. Today we consider a call to receive the Lord. Again, keeping the millennium in our minds, the Lord's crowning, the Lord's coming. And so this psalm opened with a clear proclamation of the absolute power and position of the Lord over the whole earth. And it closes with nothing but the same. A clear proclamation. Men should not only revere the Lord as the King of glory, but they should receive Him as such and bow to His authority. A call to reverence the Lord, verses 1 through 6. A call to receive the Lord, verses 7 through 10. Let me remind you that when the Lord returns with His church, this is after the rapture, at the end of the tribulation, when He returns with His church and the armies of heaven to this earth in power and glory, He will come to make war and put down the enemies of God and the enemies of Israel. He will win the victory in the battle of Armageddon. The blood will flow throughout the valley. There the heel of Megiddo, 1,600 furlongs, and the depth shall be to the horse's bridle. You can find this, Revelation 16, 12 through 14, verse 16, Revelation 19, 11 through 21. This is the battle of Armageddon. It will bring an end to that time of Jacob's trouble, what we know to be the great tribulation. The nations will be judged. Jerusalem will be rebuilt. The millennial temple will be erected, and Christ's throne will be set up in the holy mount. And Christ will rule and he will reign from his throne and from the temple there in Jerusalem. You can find verses to support this, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. What a day that will be when the government will be upon his shoulders. Praise the Lord for that time. Isaiah 16, verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 17. Ezekiel chapter 43, verse 7. Zechariah chapter 6, verses 12 through 13. And Matthew 25, verse 31. It will be the throne of David, even a glorious throne, and the throne of Christ's glory. He will be entitled and enthroned and encircled by the masses as the King of glory. So as he enters into the millennial city, as one commentator said, that millennial metropolis, there will be a glorious procession, and the king will be crowned. I don't know all that's going to go on, and neither do you. But we know this, 
there is the celebration of his victory. In verses 7 and 8, the answer to the question, Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. The cry rings out to receive the King of glory as he rides into the city. The King is identified as a mighty warrior, worthy of great honor. The Lord's victory at Armageddon over his enemies and the enemies of Israel will be evident and manifest before the world. He will wear the royal wreath and be crowned as the victor over all and by all. What a day when he is inaugurated as king upon the earth. Verses 9 and 10, there will be a celebration of his majesty. Again, to the question, who is this king of glory? The gates are raised. The answer is given. The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. The cry rings out again to receive this great king as he comes even closer to the city. The king is identified. This time, he who was the mighty warrior is now identified as the mighty monarch. He is heralded by a great host who show forth his glory and majesty. Yes, he is the king of glory. We shall crown him king of kings and Lord of lords, for truly this is his name, and he is the blessed and only potentate. What a day, brethren, that will be. Now let me give you some notes from Brother James Jones on these thoughts. He says this psalm can be entitled, The Supremacy of Christ. In Psalm 22, Christ the Sacrifice. Psalm 23, Christ the Shepherd. Psalm 24, Christ the Supreme. Psalm 24, verses 1 through 6, the acknowledgement of Christ's sovereignty. There is none like him in strength, in sanctity, and in salvation. Then verses 7 through 10, the acknowledgement of Christ's majesty. There is none like him in loftiness, in mightiness, in gloriousness. He comments on verse 3, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord. And he says that the, the phrase, the hill of the Lord, we see the compass of his kingdom, verses 1 and 2, the character of his kingdom, verses 3 through 6, and the conquest of his kingdom, verses 7 through 10. He said the psalm surely has to do with the kingdom of our Lord. He gives another outline which magnifies Christ throughout this psalm. Verses 1 and 2, the greatness of Christ, He is our Creator. Verses 3 through 6, the graciousness of Christ, He is our Consecrator. Verses 7 through 10, the gloriousness of Christ, He is our Conqueror. Now, let's give you some applications to take away from this psalm for your life today. Think back to the historical setting when David desired so much to bring the ark of God home to the city of David. I would ask this question. How much do you value the presence of God in your life and in your house? Are you doing everything in your power to ensure that God's presence is preeminent in your heart 
and among your family. Think now to the prophetic sense of this psalm. When the Lord Jesus Christ returns with His church and His crowned King, and His millennial reign is established upon the earth, are the redeemed not already the subjects of the King and His kingdom? Should we not then be preparing now and today, even in this life, for the rule and reign of Christ upon this earth? I believe we should be preparing. We should open up the gates to the city of Mansoul, my soul, your soul, and crown him king of kings in our hearts today. Yield to his divine authority to His perfect Lordship in our lives once and for all. And in all things, let Him be Lord and ruler, for truly He is the King of glory. He's never lost a battle. It's a joy to be just one of His servants among the hosts over which He is Lord. Let us bow the knee, offer Him our hands and our hearts, and kiss the King and serve Him forever and forever. Glory be to Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's Word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmark.com. Cooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.